What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your girl, Leah M. Forney, back with another episode. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Y'all know I'm silly. Listen, we are making our way through season two of Hey Queen Thrive. I cannot believe we are already in April. Like, where in the hell did the time go? Like, where in the hell did the time go, y'all? Like, I literally, am I the only one? But it feels like since COVID, right? You just blink and you in a whole new month, a whole new year. Like, is it just me? Because I feel like that. Like, I feel like when January kicks in, right? It just be like, oh, January's here. We're going to be like slow and steady. When's the race, right? <laughs> and then January ends and it just feels like February gets to celebrate it. March gets to celebrate it. Like, what the? It's like, yo, what the hell? What the hell? Like, maybe it's just me. Tell, let me know it's not just me, y'all, because I promise you that's what it feels like. So listen, April, let's talk about it real quick. April is two major, major awareness months. So we have Autism Awareness Month in the month of April, and we also have Sexual Assault Awareness Month in the month of April. Now, you guys should know, if you don't know, I am a sexual assault survivor and thriver. I'm also a sexual assault activist and advocate. Yes, your girl does a whole lot of work for sexual assault victim survivors and thrivers, not, not only in the DMV area where I reside, but also on a national scale. Um, I've been blessed to have so many amazing partnerships. So I got to shout out my partnership with Joyful Heart Foundation. And I got to shout out my my MCASA family, my Maryland Coalition Against Sexual Assault family. Like both of these partnerships, these organizations have been absolutely amazing. In fact, my guest that I have on this episode, me and her are both advocates over there at Joyful Heart Foundation. And when I tell you this woman is phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because that's my social, my sexual assault survivor and thriver sister, but she is phenomenal. She was, she is doing the damn thing in Texas, changing the game, changing laws. Let me tell you something. She is a force to be reckoned with. Do you hear me? A force to be reckoned with, honey. And I promise you, I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you and, 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 have this conversation with her because we're going to have an amazing conversation about her experience with sexual assault and what is she doing. We're going to talk about her law that just got passed. Yes, my sis just got a law passed in her name, the Lavinia Masters Act. Y'all can Google it. Listen, listen, let me just tell you, I'm so honored. I'm honored that my sis said yes to not only being interviewed by me, but she's also going to be in my upcoming documentary that I am writing and uh, co-producing alongside my sis, Teresa Mitchell, Janae Productions. Shout out to her. Like, you, when I tell you Black women ain't taking no prisoners, we ain't taking no prisoners. <laughs> like, we are changing the game one story at a time. And so listen, I'm, I'm just beyond excited to introduce to you guys my sis, Lavinia Masters, y'all. Lavinia Masters, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, tune in, grab that paper, grab that pen, grab your favorite drink. Matter of fact, I need you, this is what I need y'all to do, y'all. I need you to share this episode with everyone you know. Because let me tell you something, you know a sexual assault survivor. You know how I know you know a sexual assault survivor? Because of the statistic that tells me that it's one in four. So for every four people you know, one of them has been sexually assaulted. So I need you to share, share, share this episode. Let's run the numbers up on this episode because this is going to be an impactful, impactful conversation. And um, as always, you know, I'll be back with Thriving Nuggets.
What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Listen, your girl is excited, y'all. Listen, I'm so excited because I got my sis in the building. Like, I got my sis in the building. It is the one, the only Lavinia Masters. How are you, beautiful? I am wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for having me. As they say, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Listen, tell the people a little bit about you. I sure will. I am Lavinia Masters and I was born in Waco, Texas. I'm a Southern girl. Um, I, uh, am a mother, a wife, a grand, uh, no, a Mimi. I'm not a grandmother. I'm a <laughs> Mimi, uh, and I'm an entrepreneur, uh, and let me see, I'm also an author, um, a speaker. Oh my goodness. I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of things. Girl. I'm a certified life coach. Hmm. What else? What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? Oh, and I'm also the namesake for the Lavinia Masters Act allow here in the state of texas black history black her story in the house how about that come on <laughs> listen and i'm yeah. so excited to talk about that i really Thank and we're gonna dive into that whole conversation yes, but man. i have a question i asked everybody and that is in your opinion what does it mean to be a queen that thrives a queen that thrives is a woman that has not only overcome mm -hmm. life's traumas, mm -hmm. life disappointments, life disparities, but still can face the new ones that, that we face daily as queens. Uh, trauma can be anything from death to losses, to loss of jobs, relationships, marriages. A queen that thrives is one that can that's overcome and that still knows how to endure or persevere through through her trials and continues to live, continues yeah. to live for herself day by day, not just being, but living, actually living her life to the fullest, mm. still taking chances, living like it is her last day. Like there Come is no, no promise for tomorrow. And that's my attitude. I live like there is no tomorrow, no matter what the enemy tries to do, how he comes up against me, no matter how I get frustrated, I get in my little funks. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Satan, you, I rebuke you in the name of Come Jesus. on. I'm living. I'm going to live like this my last breath. Like and it's so your that's last. A queen. Yeah. Come on. That's the queen that's thriving. That's the queen that's living. That's doing what she's supposed to do. No matter what, you know, you get bad news. I share with you on a personal note, I got some bad news about a family member, but yet and still, you know, we got to keep living until God said it's time to, for Come night on. to fall. And that's what it is. Until, we, until night falls, which is death, we got to live. And so I'm going to do that. I'm not going to sit up and worry about everything, things that's out of my control, let things frustrate me, overwhelm yeah. me. Yeah, we're human. We, we're going to have those issues, but don't get stuck. Come in on. Moments. Don't get stuck in those moments. So that's a queen Come thriving for me. Listen, <laughs> I call those mic drops here at Hey Queen Thrive. Did y'all hear that? That she's living. Yes, that she's not getting stuck. You yes, listen, we're the collection yes. plate for many of masters, people. Listen, all right. So season two, God said we are focusing on purpose. Yes. That is the focus. Yes. So talk to us about your journey to discovering your purpose. My journey to discovering my purpose was first of all, I was a survivor or a victim of a, a heinous rape at the age of 13. Mm -hmm. And so when you go through traumas like that, you find yourself at a crossroad in your life when you begin to grow up yeah. and figure out 
what's happening, what's ha- why did this happen to me? What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Uh, how do I thrive beyond that trauma, especially at a, at a young age? And these are the questions I begin to ask myself because I wanted to be a civil rights attorney at a young mm, age. I love and, and I don't know how they do it now, but in the state of Texas back then, we had law magnets, business magnets, we had different uh, high schools. And what you had to be accepted from like, your early grades like kindergarten up so I like maintained when I found that out I think I was in the third grade second or third grade I maintained everything because I wanted to get accepted into law magnet because in law magnet it was like you were really they were preparing you for law school you know we yeah. went to school downtown we went to the uh public library we did uh we did core where we did mock trials I mean I was like in love with all of that but after the rape it was like everything just went haywire for me yeah so my issue then was what do I do now I'm I'm I thought I was so messed up mm-hmm. where I was beyond repair being yeah. a rape victim and then I had also suffered from childhood sexual abuse but it was for some reason that rape took precedence over that mm-hmm. um, and then you go th- you go through all of this trauma you go through all of this and you're growing up you're going to school and then it's like what's the purpose yeah you, you actually think, what's the purpose of all of this? Why go to school? Why finish mm-hmm. your education? Why thrive to do this? Why? What's my purpose now? I, I mean, a whole monkey wrench was thrown in my life. So what was the purpose? And what was the purpose of that? Why did yeah. God allow that to happen to me? You know, mm-hmm. what what do I do now? I'm just a messed up person. I, I, I should do, like they say they, that we should be, go get on some pills and just be mm-hmm. depressed mm-hmm. all the time and, and, and just get by. Yeah. And so I decided, uh, I ended up getting married uh, young and we ended up having a son and that was shocking to me mm-hmm. uh, that that happened, but I felt very, and I'm still married. It'd be 32 years in September. I felt very safe with my husband. I felt trusted, you know, trusted with him. I love him. You know, sometimes he, he gets twisted when I said that first, like, oh, so you just, you just want to protect her. But I did want a covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt that he was my covering and he was looking for a wife. And he said that God showed him I was his wife. So I was like, Hey, what's the problem? But anyway, <laughs> so we end up getting married and then a lot of things, just a lot of old stuff start coming back up in the marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, now mm-hmm. it's like, I'm supposed to fulfill the desires of this man. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's my husband and the Bible says so. And I'm like, okay, Lord, this part, I didn't think about yeah so now i'm dealing with this and then you're dealing with of course relationship issues that you're going to deal with finances family mm-hmm. uh, different things jobs children their issues and all of this comes upon you and you're like okay okay i need some quiet time jesus i right. need time by myself because i need to find out who i am in all of this yeah yeah everything for everybody trying to make life look like it's alive and living but i'm still in the midst of it all don't know who i am Mm. find out who i'm who am i who is lavinia masters in the midst of this yeah so in the midst of it all all, only thing i had because you probably understand as an african-american woman that we didn't do counseling back then we didn't send children to see a therapist Mm -hmm. uh that's not heard of uh and so i didn't have that opportunity to go to a therapist so i had to go back to my first love my husband actually told me go back to my first love and my first love which he knew i was a, a, a child raised in a uh, I don't, I hate to say religious in a Christian or a faithful home. You know, mm-hmm. we believed in God. We believed in Jesus Christ. 
and we didn't just it wasn't just a belief it was a it was a practice it was yeah, yeah, lifestyle yeah. for us and so when I say lifestyle I meant we had scriptures we had bible verses we had we had to give talks about you mm-hmm. know what the grandma gave us to study we had to give talks about Sunday school what we learned we had to live what we knew you know as a Christian as a follower of Christ yeah so he said go back to your first love so that's what I did I said okay Lord you for some reason I'm still here Mm. I have a child I have a husband that loves me I but I still don't know who I am yeah and all this trauma that happened to me I still question why did it happen to me so I had a miscarriage Uh, I had several miscarriages but one in particular uh, was my last one. My last miscarriage, I was six months pregnant. Mm. And with that pregnancy, uh, uh, with that pregnancy, I, when I lost the baby, my doctor said, look, I need you to go see a therapist because I did not want to go back to work. I had been off of work like yeah. six months. And he was like, you got to get back into living. I mean, I was like totally depressed. I'm like, mm. get it. I can't, now I can't have babies. I, don't right. I only had one child. And, I, and I, t- I remember crying to my doctor, I feel less than a woman. You mm. know? And he was like, no, you're still a woman. I know, but you don't understand. Because I had so much going on with me. And what made me realize that I had to deal with the rape was when I went to the therapist. And I'll never get this man. One time, one visit with him. And I'm sitting in that room with him. And we're talking. And I'm thinking, I'm talking about losing my my baby and the babies I've lost before and I'm yeah yeah that once we finish talking he tells me he looks me dead in my face he goes Mrs. Masters he said if you want to progress in life if you want to move forward he said I think you need to deal with your childhood trauma I looked at this man I say I wasn't (laughs) pregnant in my childhood what are you talking about right right he goes no ma'am he said I'm talking about the sexual assault Mm, yeah Now, mind you, this conversation was not a conversation I had with people. So I looked at this man like, I don't know where you got that information from, how much snooping you've done on me, but that's not the conversation I had with you. I'm here because I'm losing babies. Right. And I can't produce children and keep them, have a viable pregnancy. He said, Mrs. Masters, that's all you talked about was that rape. He said, you need to deal with that. That's the root cause Mm. your depression. When he said that to me, it slapped me in my face. I will never forget. And wow. my cousin, my cousin, she's deceased now. I'll never forget. She, I had never heard of T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. And we lived here in Dallas, but I just didn't keep up with, you know, with all of that. So she brought me a book called Woman Dial Loose. Yeah. She said, she said, the Lord told me to give this to you. You know how I am. I'm like, Jesus speaks to me too. I don't <laughs> me what the Lord said. So she told me the Lord said, give her that book. I said, okay, now people do stuff like that to me. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'll get to the book eventually. But that book, for some reason, was burning a hole on my table. So I picked mm. it up and I started reading that book. And as I read that book, I said, who is T.D. Jakes? Is wow. he a woman? How does he know? It's like this man was talking directly yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He spoke to me. Yeah. And I would never, ever, I, I completed that book mm. and I said, okay, Lord, I'm surrendering yeah. even this to you. I'm going to get this how I said it. Like, like, like he needed to trust me. I said, I'm going to trust you 
with this trauma from my childhood mm. because I found that's what I wasn't doing. I wasn't trusting anybody with yeah. that pain yeah. or that trauma. Yeah. And so as I trusted him with that, it, it I began, I realized I began my journey of healing after sexual trauma, you know, sexual abuse, yeah, yeah. violence. And it was a tedious journey. It was a 10 year, oh. about 10 years, I say. Come it on. Was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Oh, was, yeah. Pulling out stuff out of me that I didn't even know was there. Everybody else saw it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. Everybody else saw that my ugly attitude, my nasty mouth, how I shut uh -huh. I didn't see it. Because yeah. like, this is how I get along. It, it, this me. This me. <laughs> yeah you know, yeah this my this was my mm -hmm. what i did i didn't know i had created a new normal about myself mm, so I, I come on being this person but yeah. i was very ugly i was very nasty i was pushing people away yeah. i was very toxic all of the above yeah. and i was still like and i didn't want to be that way i didn't want to yeah. be that yeah. way and and the lord began to show me that i was that way because of the things that happened to me and mm -hmm. how i was dealing with them or not dealing with them Come on. And so Come on. as I begin to pray and as I begin to meditate and as I begin, he began to give me scriptures and I just dove into the word and just dove into my one-on-one. -on -one. When I tell you, and I try to explain to people, I don't, I don't push my faith on anybody. It's not a religion for me. It's a relationship. Come on. Come on. It Come is on. a relationship. Come on. And if you actually die, it's like, it's like your marriage. If you actually get into your relationship of your marriage or just or, or somebody you're dating, or your your job, you consider a relationship. If you really involved in that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're gonna be really involved in it. You're gonna take the time for it. You're gonna, and this is how I did. I did with my relationship with Christ. I really took time. When I say pray, when I say meditate, when I say talk to Him, when I yeah. say I have moments, I'm like, this is. I wanted to get to know Him in a way that would help me know myself. Yeah, that's yeah. What I needed to do. Come on. And so that's what I had to do. I had to really embrace him so mm. I could really know who I was. That's how I can boldly say now that I realized, just like David said, that I we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't just say that, he acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. Come and on. So we we fail to do, we fail to acknowledge who we are in Christ. Listen, Jesus. you listen, since you <laughs> over here preaching. Listen, 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 I totally can connect with you on that level of yes. not recognizing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how that rape was tearing you mm -hmm, up, mm -hmm. right? Like I so relate to you there because yes. that was me, yes. like angry, ir yes. irritable, just, yes. just nasty. Yes. And I remember for me, the moment that it was that real for me, I cussed somebody out in church. Straight. I mean, straight mm. cussed. Pastor heard it and everything. I ain't gonna say I never did that. Right. It was just one of those <laughs> yeah. moments. And then that was the moment I realized that what I wasn't dealing with was dealing with me. Yeah. And God yeah. was like, so you go, you gonna keep mm -hmm. you gonna keep doing this, or you gonna let me deal help you heal. So I wholeheartedly yeah. connect you with yeah. you on that. Yeah. So you and I both have something similar because we had this horrible, horrible injustice with this untested rape. Yeah. And yes, the backlog yes, of that. So talk to us about how you discovered <laughs> that they didn't do nothing. Oh, wow, rate. honey, the Lavinia Masters Act, House Bill 8. I, first of all, let me say, I love, I love that they, it's called House Bill 8, because 8 in the Bible is the number mm -hmm. of new beginnings. Come on, Girl. come on. 
And that's what it was for me. It was new beginnings because what happened with me after my rape at 13 years old, they literally put my, my evidence on a shelf two days later. I was raped July 31st, August 2nd. When I finally reopened it, it said it was suspended August 2nd. I was like, what does suspended mean? They like, we didn't have enough evidence. No, that means you just did not care what happened to this little black girl that you found over the project's rape. That's what that meant to me. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I digress. So we, we uh, the kit sat on the shelf and it actually sat on the shelf for 21 years. Mm. 21 mm. years. I am a young child trying to grow up, trying to figure out who I am, causing more chaos for myself and everybody else around me, yeah. thinking that for some reason my justice system is going, they are, they gonna find my rapist. Cause I'm right. a kid, I'm, I'm a child. Right. So I'm saying to myself, they gonna, oh, they gonna find who they did this to me. Yeah, they weren't even looking. Missed mm. two statue of limitations. Wow, five years after the rape, and then they changed the laws, and I missed it ten years after my eighteenth birthday. Honey, you had from thirteen to thirty-eight to find my rapist. You found them, but you didn't connect him with me. And wow. I'm, and the reason why I said they found him because I think eight months after he raped me, he was busted for other rapes he did. Wow. Prison still didn't connect with me. My evidence is there, but it's sitting on the shelf. Mm. So he, he goes to prison for 10 years and, and, and he's in prison 10 years. Raped other women, considered serial rapists, but they allowed him to plea, plea bargain where he would take the burglary of habitation or the Jesus. carjacking versus the rape. And so with that, guess what? I missed another Jesus. 10 years after 18. So 13 to 38, this child, I'm going to call him a name, I'm going to call him a clown, because that's what I want to say, Lord, it's him hard. This clown in prison, mm -hmm. and they ain't, and, and all that time he locked up, all this time, they got my evidence, still haven't tested. Wow. Evidence. To see if he, if he's, you know, I would think somebody would say, you know what, I wonder if he's done this to somebody before that we don't know about. Right. Right. I, I just, I'm just curious. Right. Nobody did that. Mm. okay so fast forward when i found all this out because the david smith act had came into play and so they gave us funding to uh do these rape kits uh i think in 2005 and so i found out about the cold case program in the dallas police department and i, I wanted my kit, kit reopened and so it took them i want to say about four or five months to find the kit probably close to a year and all to to produce it and find out who my rapist was I had, at this point, I had already started advocating for victims, but I didn't know yeah. about the rape kit backlog until I found out, you know, that my kit was on the shelf, but I was already advocating for victims and trying to empower them because no matter what happened, I still could not lose hope or lose sight of what God had already did in my healing journey and bringing me and giving me peace and, and the opportunity of loving myself once again after sexual trauma. So when I found out about the rape kit, I really, really got angry when I yeah. found the end results because they were like, Lavinia, you know, they came by the house and they said, we have something to tell you. And they said, we got a hit. And so that really meant nothing to me because the hit, I couldn't do anything with the hit. Right. Uh, because now here I am, I didn't miss my statute of limitations again. And he's coming up for parole again. Mm. Because he went to prison 10 years, got out and went back up for parole. So he's coming up again for parole. Uh, what happened immediately, the chief uh, at that time, Conkle, uh, he protested his parole, Sergeant Welsh and every, you know, I had a lot of people joining forces. 
to, you know, to protest. And I protested because I'm like, it should be known, you know, that this guy is a serial rapist. Yeah. Uh, so I remember the, the board called me, the Texas parole board, and they talked to me and they said, and they, you know, asked me some questions and they said, well, we're going to, we're not going to let him out uh, because we would be the laughing stock of Texas. Mm. If we release him knowing that uh, he's a, a rapist and you, you have DNA evidence and the kids say, he said, we, we're not going to do that. And I said, well, in my book, you're already laughing stock. Uh, but I said, we're going to change that. And it was at that moment I knew I had to do something. Yeah, I, I knew it's like God was showing me is like the light just went off and like, this is it. This is what you do. Because I learned that it was in state of Texas alone. I think they said it was like 19,000. I say 20,000 uh, kids on the shelf. And I learned nationwide it was 480 some thousand, about yep. half a million kids yep. on the shelf. Yep. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, yeah, I said, you know what those kids represent? They represent yeah. people's lives. Come on. Those are not trinkets. They Come are on. not something that you leave up there for decoration. I said, that's somebody like hanging in a balance. Yeah. And you got it sitting on shelves all across America. Yeah. And I said, not on my watch. Not on my, I didn't know what to do, how to do it, but I just started doing it. Do you hear me, Leah? I just started I doing it. it. I went to uh, legislators in my area and I told them what was going on. I was writing to Congress. And, I, and, and so they, I, I don't think a lot of them understood what I was saying because they would write back and say, oh, no DNA, DNA with the child. There's no statute of limitations. I'm not a child anymore. Right. And so, But there are still victims who kids sit on the shelf. They need help too. Yeah. And so we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I did like my own little campaign. And then finally, uh, uh, Senator Cornyn, he, no, not him first, Wendy Davis connected with me and she connected with me because of uh, old report. Now I'm not trying to call her old, but she's retired now, Don Tongish. And she had, she was doing a lot of stories with us when we were going to the rape kit because my kit was the first one uh, uh, discovered in the state in, 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 uh, with this program in, in Texas. Wow. And I think that's with Texas. Yeah, it was with Texas. So my kit was the first one discovered so I, I got a lot of media appearance. I was like, mm -hmm. so what she did, she connected me with Wendy Davis because Wendy Davis was trying to get the rape laws changed. And so she was like, you two are basically doing the same thing. And so Wendy Davis, we connected and we would do, we were trying to remove the statute of lim limitations completely. That was like, oh my God, that was, that was a fight and uh, still a fight. And so when she went up for governorship, she lost against Greg Abbott and uh, she connected with Victoria Niave. And she said, I want you to join forces with her and you guys still fight for rape victims. So I was grateful because now I said, God has given me pretty mm -hmm. much instead of me knocking on doors, trying to figure out who to talk to, boom, he put me right there in the midst and made it happen. Yeah. So Victoria Niave, she formed a task force, a sexual assault survivors task force. Uh, she had, I think she had just got in there in 2017. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, she formed this task force and she saw the I am evidence uh, I think yeah. by the time, you know, over the years, there is momentum is building about this red kit backlog. And that's that's what I wanted. You know, I knew more people had to get involved. So uh, when she saw that, we we joined forces, we, jo we created, she created a task force, we had meetings, ideas. One of her ideas was to do the uh, driver's license in Texas, which you can do. You can, you can donate a dollar or any amount 
for uh, victims of the rape kit to help process the kids because that's always been a, one of the issues they would say is money. We don't have the yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after all of that happened, uh, we went back to the drawing board and we were like, we need more, more, more. And so we, we, it was like just an obstacle course trying to remove that statute of limitations. And it's yeah. because it's still there. Uh, and so what, what they did, they came up with this omnibus bill with all these great minds. I mean, we had everybody sitting around this table from Amy Derrick, uh, prosecutors and DAs and everybody with their ideas. And we came, they came together with, with the House Bill 8. But what they shocked me, we didn't know it was going, I didn't know it was going to be Lavinia Masters. She called me and she said, Lavinia, it would be my honor if we can name this for you. Mm. You've done, you know, on this Come on. issue. And I, at first I said, I, I was like, no, because I'm a double minority. I'm a woman and I'm Come black. on. Come on. And Come on. I was just keeping it real. And I'm like, I don't want this law not to pass. It's a very important law. And I need these kids off the shelves. I need victims to be able to regain their lives, understand purposeful living so they can move on with this. She said, I get that, Lavinia. She said, it's a low bill. And this is what got me when she said low bill. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. She said, it's a low bill. And I said, what is that? She said, it's going to be House Bill 8, the number, new beginning. Come on. I tell you, that that got me. I said, new beginnings. Okay. Come okay. On, I said, you have my permission to yeah. your Masters. I, and I was honored. And when we went, because I had been campaigning for it and I had been doing my testimonies and stuff before Congress and traveling back and forth to Austin. So when they when they did it, House and Senate unanimous. Wow. Una wasn't no second guessing, wasn't no wow. go back. Because I've been I've been going to Austin for years testifying on bills and laws. And a lot of stuff did not get passed the first time. But this time it was, and I said, look at God. It was so amazing to see all of this happen. But it was definitely a new beginning because House Bill 8 set strict re requirements on testing those rape kits. They can't just sit on those shelves that long. Uh, so we're holding accountability to the labs and the law enforcement getting those kits in on time. And then we also, uh, there's a 50-year stamp now uh wow a statute of limitations after the dna is processed so wow. that that's when the time starts so that's beautiful to me that's, that's amazing like, yes and to me that's almost like there is no limit because it once they run so like that meant after 21 years if you didn't run the dna 21 years i had 50 years after so i still could have wow. prosecuted so that that's a beautiful thing to me so it because i'm like if it gets backed up again you know, and you still got that 50 years after that DNA. So that that was like phenomenal to me uh, to process in my mind. And then it gives the victims, the survivors a tracking. They can track what's yeah. with their kid and justice. I love family. it. Yeah, so it's a beautiful- Listen, thing. sis, I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Like Thank that's you. that's amazing because we definitely don't see this enough, right? We no, don't see- no survivors yeah. and victims yeah. and survivors having that moment yes. of saying yes. you yes. know i got 50 years to prosecute yes. that means because yes. yes. see society this system loves to put pressure on you to make a decision yes they do they love to be like all right clock yes, starts you gotta yes, have yeah and yes, if you're not in that place in space yes. to make a decision you know yes. i had to wait eight years for them to test mine yes. and again like you 
it was, well, if I'm giving you my kit and my evidence, I'm just assuming you're going to do what you're supposed right. to do with it. Right? Nobody is yeah. oh, yeah, you're going to go put it on a shelf somewhere uh-huh. and then come uh-huh. back to me eight uh-huh. years later. So we got into this fight for the same reasons. And I just love that. So I, I listen, kudos to you for the Lavinia mm-hmm. Masters Act. So Thank before God. I let you go, talk to us about what you're working on this year. 2022 Ooh. is here. We'll be working on, girl, girl. I have been, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you, because this is going to, this is not, this is, uh, yeah, I can give you a scoop on this. Okay, so one thing I'm working on is, uh, and this is something I wanted to do when I was in high school. Well, what I did in high school, I took creative uh, theater arts, you mm-hmm. know, because I wanted to do, I always wanted to do like stage plays, right? Love it. Oh, so an opportunity came up for this young lady that I follow, because I, I love following advocates. I love supporting my queens. You know, like I support you. I love yes, love, love Yes. So she has, she's, um, and she's made national news. She's out of my hometown uh Waco and so she's made national news with her story because she was sex trafficked and her horrific mm. story and all the things she's gone through and now she's like rebuilding and she's like the the epitome of the 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 woman to the person to be after you've been sex trafficked has her own company she's thriving helping others thrive I love so it. she she's gotten uh she's gotten with uh producers that want her to do a movie about her story so what she's doing, she don't want to do it like a sad story. She wants to do it like a Hallmark story is what mm-hmm. she told us. And so she did a casting call yes. for, for actors. And so, you know, I said, you know what, Lord, I'm only 51. I, and I'm just now living, really feel like I'm living, Come on. living my life. I'm Come a, on. I, I can't remember nothing, nothing. But I said, I'm going to this casting call. <laughs> I said, hopefully I get a smile line or something so what happened i drove out of town for three hours um, i set the appointment and for the casting call and i got a call back and Come so what they, do, what they want to do is is they want me to be an understudy for a main character and nice. i was like what and I, I was so happy i was like y'all don't even know but i actually felt good about it because i'm like oh I don't know if I can do a main character because I may not be re- remember the lines. I'm like, but the understudy is good. She said, I also want you to be uh, extra because there's going to be a lot of improvisers. She said, with your personality and this, this, and that. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I went to the first rehearsal, I saw what she was doing. Her her best friends that were with her through her, her, her coming back and healing. Okay. So. So I was, I've been selected to be the understudy uh, for her main character. And her, one of her main character is actually her best friends. Mm. So she's actually going to have her best friends to be in the movie. So uh, this one, but this one is the only one that has the understudy. So uh, I was excited about that. So it's going to be called uh, Love You to the Moon is the name of the- I love the, it. Yeah, love you to the moon. So it's it's taking a twist on her life instead of a trauma. It's going to talk about her having trauma in the past, but she wanted to have a happy ending and find mm. love. So I'm excited about that. And we actually go into production uh, the end of March. Yay. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And she's like, oh, y'all rehearsing y'all lines? I'm like, oh, wait, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it, Lord. I something I've always wanted to do. And I, and at first I was like, am I crazy? Am I, what am I doing? Why am I driving out here? 
And then when I left and I was like, you know what? And I told her, I said, look, I'm just really here to support you. Uh, anything you do, I said, I, I just love to see my queens thrive. And so I was selected and met the producer and all of this good stuff. And we had our first little, um, uh, because I'm over a hundred miles out, I, I could zoom in for the rehearsals, you know, the first rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was pretty cool and a big cast and I was I and I was sitting there I was sitting here like I can't believe this is happening I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know and uh, I said but God is amazing and then uh, I'm doing April is filling up uh, yeah. quickly I just got a call today uh, it's also Title Nine fiftieth anniversary in the colleges so they want me to do the Title Nine they said Title Nine fiftieth anniversary with Lavinia Masters. I said, nice. I, feel so honored. I feel so honored and it's going to broadcast to all the Dallas community colleges uh, and here, uh, yeah, here in the uh, Dallas area. And then I'm going to El Paso to speak. And then uh, the military contacted me. They got my resume or my bi biography. And I was like, uh, who is this? I was confused because I've been trying to work with the military for years, but it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. very hard and filtrating their walls. And so when the young man called me, I thought it was the college in El Paso. And I think the people in El Paso just sent my information across the street to them. And when he was talking to me and I was like, you in El Paso? And he was like, yes, ma'am. And, and I'm like, he was like real cut and dry, but I'm like, he's like, this is the military, ma'am. And I'm like, okay. And he said, are you familiar with, familiar with the military? I'm like, yeah, my husband is an ex-Marine and uh, my son is an ex-Army. And he's like, okay. So you know, you know how they can be. I said, "Oh yes, I do. I understand the military completely." But it was so funny. Uh, I told him uh, that I would do it, and he said, "I want you." He said, "I want you to be able to talk to." He said, "Train them, but train them about sexual assault and what happens, what it does to a victim." He said, "Because some of them," he said, "Between you and I, ma'am, they don't get it." I said, oh, I know. Mm. I said, I know, I know. And I said, That's I'm huge. Yeah, I said, I'm the person to be raw. So I'm excited about that because my husband was like, he said, if you get in with them and you make a good impression, he said, you could probably, because this is their NCO where they graduate from. He said, you could probably be down there all the time during graduations, given this, you know, given this training. And so I'm excited about that. And then I have, uh, I have a documentary that I'm supposed to be released in uh, it's, a, it's, it's about Russia, Russian producer, uh, uh, RTV, Russian TV. And then I have another one uh, here locally. And it's about the women that were sex trafficked and sexual assaults mm. in, in the Texas area and how some of their kids that sat on the shelf. And so how I got in on it, I didn't know about it. Uh, the producer was like, it'll be awesome if we, you know, because a lot of them, they got their, how their... Um, cases or uh, uh, when they sued the state of Texas, what happened. Mm -hmm. So part of it was because of how the Lavinia Masters Act played out for them. So he told them it'd be great if we can get Lavinia Masters. And so one of the ladies, uh, she was like, oh, we know her personally. So that's <laughs> how I got in that documentary. That's so awesome. It's, it's been, it's been busy, 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 busy. And I'm excited. I'm all excited. Listen, I'm excited for you because yeah, yeah. the way that God is opening doors, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. especially with the military, because they don't even yeah. talk about sexual assault. Mm -mm, mm -mm, that's what he at said. Oh, like they're not I've having had, it. Yes. Yeah. I've had for years, I've been trying to get in and I've had people that work with the military and they said, Lavinia, we're going to get you in. Lavinia, but it's like you, it, it never pro progresses. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I know that's the iron wall. 
So when I got the invitation, I was like, I had to take, I had to take a deep breath. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I know it's God that's allowing this to happen in this time. And it was nothing that I can take credit for or anything, but it's all a part when you, and to me, it's all a part of when you really, what you talked about earlier, when you really understand mm-hmm. your purpose. Yep. When you begin to walk in your purpose. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like the more you understand and the more you grasp it and the more you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, the more he opens up doors for you, you know, and the more opportunities there are for you. And because and he wants you to walk in your purpose. Mm-hmm. He wants you to have those moments because he's allowing you. He's gifted you. He's blessed you. He's healed you. He's brought you through something. Come on. So when you're giving back, now that you're in that place where he's like, okay, I'm totally sold out on this, Lord. I'm giving it all back to you. Okay, we ready then. We're going to completely open stuff Listen. for you. And so I, it, it's been a journey. It's been on. a journey. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honestly honored to be on it. Some people think that's crazy to say because you've been victimized by mm-hmm. rape. But I'm telling you, everything that the enemy has meant for our good, for, the, for our evil, God can tell Come you. Come on. Good. And I believe Come on. That the Come of, on. My heart, of my soul. Yes, ma'am. Listen, yes, ma'am. that's how you end the episode, honey, because right there, the <laughs> devil thought he was going to take you up out of here. And God said, but not, yes, not so. Yes, Listen, sis, before I let you go, please tell the people how they can connect with you. Yes, you can connect with me. I am all over the internet, social media. But my website is LaviniaMasters.com. I try to keep everything simple. And that's <laughs> L-A-V-I-N-I-A Masters.com. Uh, my contact is on there. My, my phone number. I'm on Facebook, Lavinia B. Masters. Instagram. I didn't even got on TikTok because Rain wanted me to do a TikTok video. <laughs> and so I didn't got on TikTok. And, I, and the funny thing about TikTok, I, I kind of have fun on TikTok because I do like I put my little acting skills in play and I do like reenactments, you know, like, you know, but I'm doing about sexual abuse or mm-hmm. domestic violence. I'm still going to raise awareness yeah. on whatever platform God's give, give me. I'm going to do that. And so I enjoy every moment, but I'm out there. Lavinia masters, like I said, LaviniaMasters.com. Uh, I'll, you know, social media, you, as, as the young folks say, Google me, <laughs> Google me. you will find me. I promise you Twitter. I'm there. It's like, and it took me a while. They were like, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And I'm like, I don't know what a Facebook is. I had just <laughs> tried to get used to MySpace child. And so, but after a while, after I started getting the hang of it, I'm like, okay, okay. And, and I use everything, every tool I get, I try to use for ministry. Yeah. And I have three Facebook pages. I have my personal page. I have my advocate Lavinia Masters page. And then I have my Hope Saves Ministry, my, my organization page. But I still, everybody's still coming to my personal page because they have more fun when I have my moment. So, but, <laughs> but I, and, but I'm learning to select people because some, some people I can't let them in, but it's just been a blessing to share with you on your platform. Yes. Uh, I appreciate you. And there have been thriving moments. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like living and thrive, not just live, but just thriving. I had to come out of that mode of I'm surviving. I don't want to I want to, I want to thrive. I want to genuinely yeah. say the, the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'm, Come on. 
This, like the old folks say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. You cannot take it away from me. I love that I got when the Bible said the peace that surpasses all. Come on. Come on. I can't even understand it. And I'm loving that. I'm really, and I'm loving the evolution day by day. This is a daily journey. This is a daily journey with our healing. And and I'm and not I saying that God didn't heal me, but you, you, it's like you begin to want so much more of mm-hmm. it. So it's mm-hmm. like every day, Lord, I just want you to evolve me and evolve me until you can't evolve me anymore. And to me, that's constant. He's going to constantly be involved, evolving you. And I'm loving it. I'm, I'm just yeah. loving everything that he has in store for me. And I give it all back and I give him the glory. I have no choice. I have absolutely positively no choice because I would not be here. If it was not for God covering me Come and on. trusting him and me having faith in him and his word and what I know and what I believe, what I've experienced, you know, yeah. not what grandma said, what mama said, Come on. What, I live and what I've tried for myself. You yeah. Know, and people tell me that they say, well, your mama, I said, yeah, yeah, they did. They taught me, but it wasn't until I, I decided I would Come on myself and see what this is all about. This, this ain't no hype. This ain't no hoopla. This is the real deal. So Listen. that's why I'm at. That and I love until you it. taste and see. Come on, people. Vinny of Masters, ladies and gentlemen. When he say those that are free in him, you free indeed. You are free. You are free. That's, That's true emancipation right there. But you gotta be willing. You gotta be willing to surrender it all and trust God with that trauma, with that pain, with that ugliness, with that filthiness, with that nasty, with that dirty, trust him with it. He mm. can clean it all up, baby. He sure can. I promise you that. I'm a living witness. Come on. That's it. <laughs> That's it right there. That's thank it. Thanks. Thank you. Listen, let me just tell y'all real quick. I almost, almost decided not to do Thriving Nuggets because when I tell you Lavinia Masters, ladies and gentlemen, y'all thought I was playing when I told you that my sis was about to come and, and, and smash it. Like, I'm just sitting here like, do I even need to do Thriving Nuggets at this point? Because Lavinia then came through and let this whole thing ablaze. Like, listen, I salute you, sis. I salute you, queen. Thank you for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive, man. Y'all make sure y'all connect with her. Follow her on social media. If you are in the Texas area, you definitely want to know this woman because I'm telling you, she is doing the damn thing. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It is an honor to know her, an honor. And I promise you, we be sitting here texting each other. We may not text every day, but she'll turn around and send me a message every now and then like, hey, sis, hey, beautiful. Like, But she is doing the damn thing. And I'm. it's just an honor to know you. Girl, it's an honor to know you. And so y'all make sure y'all connect with this amazing woman. So listen, this episode's Thriving Nuggets. I really wanted to dive in about some my journey with sexual assault, right? So y'all have heard the story. So I don't really need to recap the story about being sexually assaulted in my apartment by somebody that I knew um, back three days before my birthday, January 27, 2013. Uh, the reason why I wanted to really, two things I really want to touch on in this episode, Thriver Nuggets, is the journey to self-love again, and why I decided to be a sexual assault activist and an advocate. So I want to touch on why I decided to do that first, and then we'll talk about my self-love journey. So June 2021, eight years after my rape, 
I get a phone call from the police department in the city and state in which I was raped in, right? And basically, I get a phone call from one of their advocates, and they're like, oh, do you do you remember a case that you had back in 2013? Um, we have an update on the case. Like, it, it was honestly, <laughs> in my opinion, it was probably the most cold, if you will, conversation, right? Like, it was just kind of like a pass along, right? So after I talked to the advocate at Crime Victims, they basically connected me with the detective. And then the detective, who was a female, was just kind of like, yeah, so we got a match, a DNA match on, you know, the sample you provided for your rape case. And um, we want to know what you want to do about it. It's eight years later, y'all. Like, hear me, eight years later. I just told y'all I was sexually assaulted January 27th, 2013. It is now June 2021 when they calling me. Okay? So, I remember driving, mind you, I was driving home from work that day when I got this phone call, right? So, I'm driving home from work. And I'm, I'm like stunned. That's probably like, and even that word, honestly, is an understatement, an absolute understatement. Um, <laughs> because it was just this like, in, in, in all honesty, y'all, it was just one of them like, nigga, what? Like, <laughs> that's literally my energy. It was just like, huh? Come again? Like, it was that feeling, right? So I'm sitting here and I'm like, I really don't know what to do about this whole situation, right? So I call my grandmother and my grandmother, you know, she's like, Leah, you need to, you know, follow through full extent of the law. Like this doesn't happen for black women. This doesn't happen for young black girls. Like nobody calls back to be like, oh, we tested your rape kid. Like, and when she said that, it, it it sparked something in me, y'all. Like, it sparked something in me. Because when I really sat back and thought about it, I was like, yo, you're right. Like, it doesn't happen for women of color. This doesn't happen for people of color. This doesn't happen for Black, Indigenous people of color. Whatever you, you know what I'm saying? Black folk. Like, it just doesn't happen for us, right? Because when we think about the face of sexual assault, what do we see? It's, it's usually the Caucasians right? It's usually them. They're very, very rarely, until Tarana Burke, shout out to her, until Tarana Burke of the Me Too movement decided to shine, shine a light on Black people and sexual assault, you very rarely heard about Black people and sexual assault. So after the conversation with my grandmother, I remember I, I prayed and I said, God, if I have to go through this again, like if I have to relive this most horrific moment in my life, this defining moment in my life, it has to be bigger than me. Show me how it's going to be bigger than me, right? Because I just, me personally, I just did not, I felt like, God, you're not going to put me through, you're not going to put me through this shit again, just for the sake of putting me through it, right? Like there's got to be a purpose in this. So... I connected with one of my therapist friends and colleagues, Mia Reed, shout out to her out there in Detroit, Michigan. 
she does a lot, a lot of advocacy work for gun violence because she is the mother of a of her son who was slain in gun in gun violence. So I hit her up and I'm like, hey sis, listen, this is the situation. Like, how do I get on that level of activism like you? How do I really like if I'm gonna have to live through this? How am I going? How do I make this bigger than me? Right. So this is what we're talking about. So she's like, yeah, like you need to partner with these organizations. You need to figure out who who's your senators and your legislators and like all of this stuff. So she was like, I, if I was you, I would just start researching organizations in your area. She was like, because the missing piece is always a survivor, right? Like very rarely do you find survivors that are willing to talk about it. So I said, okay, bet. Hit the ground running, start hitting, Googling, reaching out, all of that, right? So then <laughs> fast forward, um, I get a, you know, I get a hit back from my my MCASA family, Maryland, uh, Maryland Coalition of Against Sexual Assault. And they were like, yo, can we schedule a meeting? Like, can we talk to you? We really want to hear your story. So we have this amazing conversation. And from the first conversation, it was just like, nah, we need you, right? So from that, I was able to do law enforcement training last year. Um, matter of fact, they, we just had a meeting um, a couple of days ago. And they asked me to do the same training again this year for law enforcement. So they were like, we're going to need you again. Um, but I've been asked to train. I've trained law enforcement. I've also been able to speak and train at conferences. And so um, from there, I then connected with another organization out in North Carolina, which is actually the state that I was raped in, um, because I needed to have, you know, I wanted to make sure that they understood where I was. So I connected with their coalition out there who connected me with their DOJ and their attorney general's office. And we had conversations over there about, you know, kind of how things should be when you're doing these notifications to victims, survivors, and thrivers. And then from that conversation in North Carolina, that's when they connected me with Joyful Heart, which is a national organization founded by my the um the great, the great, I always call I always call it Detective Benson. So if you ever watch Law and Order, the the lady that plays Detective Benson is Marsec Marsika. I always listen, I always mess up her last name. But y'all know who I'm talking about. So if you ever watch Law and Order, SVU to be to be exact, Special Victims Unit, to be exact, um, Joyful Heart is her organization. So it was founded by the lady that plays Detective Benson on um, Law and Order, which is Marcika Hegarty. I, I tell you, I always butcher her name, right? But she's Detective Benson on Law and Order SBU. So it's her organization. So I got um, partnered with them. Um, which they also have done a, she has also been a part of a documentary called I Am Evidence. Definitely check it out. I want to say it's on Hulu. It may be on Hulu or HBO Max, one of them, but it's on, it's called I Am Evidence. And that, and so when I got partnered with both MCASA and them, their focus was on the backlog of untested rape kits, because that's literally what happened to me for eight years. My kit pretty much sat on the shelf <laughs> in the evidence room and law enforcement didn't do shit with it. Right. So I 
that was the focus. Like, how do we talk more about it? How do we get this information out there? Yada, yada, yada. So that's really where the, the advocacy piece came from here in 2022. I'm still doing <laughs> advocacy. I actually just got um, an opportunity. I have training for law enforcement coming up. Um, I'm getting connected with another coalition, but they work mainly with the underserved populations of people of color and like LGBTQ to do some work with them. Um, also, um, through MCASA, there was a organization, there's a somebody that reached out to them from another organization actually wanting to work with me on how to develop it, on basically developing a self-care guide for survivors. So I got some work to do. Um, I'm also doing my first documentary. I'm super excited, super excited to be doing my very first documentary. I'm writing and co-producing a documentary called The Forgotten, um, Unheard Stories of Black Women and Sexual Assault. And I'm doing that in partnership with Janae Productions, which is the, the founder of Janae Productions, is my sissy. Shout out to her, Teresa Mitchell. Um, I'm in her documentary that's actually releasing in the month of April called Life After Loss, which is all about Black maternal health. So I told my story of battling with fertility and losing a child nine weeks into my pregnancy. So listen, I'm doing so many amazing things, man. I'm doing so many amazing things. But I, I really wanted to do this kind of work because I wanted other victims and survivors and thrivers to know that they're not alone and that I stand with them. Um, and in fact, when I was training, when I was a speaker at the um, Attorney General's Conference last year through MCASA, um, I was a paid speaker for them. I had one lady who came up to, well, I had several ladies, but one lady in particular came up to me and literally was like, you were talking about me. And she said that she had she was sexually assaulted like over 13 years ago, never talked about it, just now going to therapy about it. And she was like how she was so like cringing as I was talking because she was like, oh my God, you're talking about me. So I it it does my heart good to know that I'm giving back in that way. Um and so yeah, so definitely so so that's the first piece. Um self-love journey, man, as a survivor of sexual assault, as a thriver of sexual assault, um it's very whew, it's very difficult. It's very difficult um because you struggle to love yourself again. You struggle to love your body again after you've been violated. Um, I could tell you right after my violation, um, after going through the rape kit and everything else that I went through, um, and then being connected with the crisis center, the rape crisis center in the county in North Carolina that I was raped in, um, and starting therapy, I literally went to, I went to literally, I went to every therapy session in hoodies and sweatpants. And the reason why I went in hoodie and sweatpants was because I just didn't want to be attractive at all. Like I just didn't want to feel attractive. I didn't want to be attractive. I didn't want to look attractive. So I struggled a lot, a lot after my sexual assault. The other thing I struggled with was hypersexuality, which is a form of sexual assault that most, a part of sexual assault that most people don't talk about, right? So I found myself being very promiscuous 
right? Y'all know me. Your girl is 100% transparent, right? So I struggled, you know, giving my body away. And then I remember processing that in therapy. And my therapist at the time was telling me how common that was because she was like, you have to remember that the sexual violation was not about sex, right? It's about, um, (laughs) it's definitely about power and control. And so she was like, what's essentially happening is you're trying to regain control, right? Over what you went through. So yeah, it was just like, it was a struggle and it was a struggle. It was a lot of learning to recognize like my triggers. It was a whole lot of, um, getting connect, reconnecting with my body again. Like it was a journey. It really was, but I'm I'm so grateful to be able to say today, though eight year, well nine years later, because the ninth anniversary just happened, that I love myself, I love my body, I embrace the totality of who I am, and I've taken that day back, right? <laughs> like it will no longer be a dark cloud in my life. I celebrated on the ninth anniversary of my sexual assault um, because it was leading up to my birthday and. Yeah, I'm just grateful, but I just say all that to say that, and I'll say this as I wrap up, I truly believe in my heart that if you have gone through anything and survived it, that it is your obligation to now help somebody else through it, right? So whether that's divorce, domestic violence, sexual assault, homelessness, whatever, you can run the gamut on whatever that looked like. I truly believe, truly believe that it is your obligation, your obligation to, um, to tell, you know, to help somebody else through it. So that's why I do the work that I do. And so this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. I love each and every one of you. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack guest. I love you guys. Please stay safe out there and I'll talk with you guys soon. Peace.